so I reiterate here, the bill is dead. The story of this great city is about the years before this night. Soho Hong Kong, I am Andy Curtin, and uh, unfortunately Vivek, uh, he's under the weather a bit this week, so can't make it, but uh, I'm pretty excited to get our guest on this week. Um, we've got Keith Goodman. How you doing, man? I'm good. Hi. Hi, Andy. Bit You're of, really uh, pretty excited. I'm a bit disappointed. I was hoping for very excited. Oh, it's my Australian <laughs> euphemism. That's, that's our maximum. It ranges from pretty Fair excited enough. down to mostly excited. Fair enough. There's not much else in there. Hey, thanks for coming on today, man. You're welcome. So do you have, you've got a band. Is there anything you want people to find you online, social media or anything like that? Are you want me to get the plugs done early yeah, before like they tune out? They might. <laughs> people have short attention spans. <laughs> well, the band's called The Sleeves. Uh, yeah, we're on Facebook, uh, Spotify, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. Yeah, The Sleeves. Um, so original British indie rock. Yeah, and that's great. And you've got Pete Gordon from uh, Magnetic Asia as well. Yeah, he's our lead guitarist. He, he, he can play the guitar. I just hold one and make a lot of noise and sing. That's great, man. It's good, good intro to... So, so music came well before you were running shows and stuff, I guess. Uh, well, I've always loved music, yeah. I think my performing it, is, I was pretty late to the party there. Some could say midlife crisis. Um, Interesting. <laughs> yes, it's the other way around. Anyway, if you're enjoying the podcast, please hit subscribe. Uh, it's the best way to find out we've got a new episode out, so that'd be awesome. So... Why don't we get back to, like, how did you end up in Hong Kong? Like, what was your start to uh, being in the city? I came, the first time I came, I came to visit a friend, a uni friend in 91. 91? Uh, yeah, okay, all right, all right, steady, <laughs> settle down. <laughs> I'll take it as a compliment, obviously don't look my age. Um, you yeah, don't, I came, I came, I came to visit a uni friend, 91, spent two weeks sleeping on his floor and 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 pretty much partying in Lang Kwai Fong, I guess, at that time. So was LKF wild in 91? Like, does it go back that Certainly far? wilder than it is now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, I think it's probably mid to late 80s. Really? Started, yeah. Uh, well, it was certainly wild when I was here in 91. Um, had a great time. Went back to the UK and thought, right, I've got to somehow wangle a way to get back to living in Hong Kong. How different? Like, obviously, there are a lot of differences, but like, what, what are kind of the main differences between then and now in terms of the city? City's changed a lot, right? Well, the main thing I noticed in the two weeks I was here compared to now is that in those days, all the barmen were uh, Westerners. Uh, Re- yeah. Because they were, anyone could come here and work with a, with a British passport. And so a lot of people would um, basically go traveling for a year uh, and then hang out in Thailand and wherever for two or three months. And then when they ran out of cash, they'd come and work in Hong Kong for a month or so. And then and they could go and do another three months in Thailand. And was it, I mean... There wasn't as much, there weren't as many bars, I would guess. Like, it wasn't as um, diverse a nightlife. Yeah, I don't think, well, look, I mean, I, only, I was only here for a couple of weeks, but uh, yeah, it, it, there's still a lot of bars. <laughs> so, <laughs> Enough so for me. So how long did it take you to get back here? <laughs> I got back here in 94, um, and I worked, I, I transferred with my, the company that I work for to their office here in 94 and spent a couple of years here then. And then I went to Melbourne, actually. After oh, that. yeah, really? Yeah. Yep. Then back to London and once I sort of tried a few other places, I realised that Hong Kong is probably the best balance of, of work and life and fun. Geographically and, so, and yeah. culturally halfway between London and Australia. Yeah, I just, you know, I did try other places and I can, based on my research, I can say that for me, Hong Kong was is, it was and is the best place to be. So I've been back here since 2002. And so you were part of the guys, the team that run the Wanch. Yeah, we took it on in, uh, in 2010. 
Um, but it's got a lot much bigger history than that, yeah. Yeah, it was it was opened in 1987. Yeah, it's by crazy. Howard uh, Mackay. And was it originally like was music always? You know, big focus. Yeah, it, it was, I think it was originally called the the Wanshai Folk Club. That's wow, the, that's the full name of it, the Wanshai Folk a, Club, and it, it got that a, was a name upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it doesn't just you know, it, it, the name got shorter and the um, the musical genres got broader. So it was became the Wanshai, and basically it was live any live music really. When did you first go there? Ooh, I think that would have been '94. So after that initial holiday fortnight i came back and lived here in 94 so that at that point between 94 and 97 it became a, a sanctuary for me really because i love rock music i love live music um and then much like now there wasn't a lot of places in town where you could you could go and watch bands play um so yeah i used to kind of drop anchor in the corner of the bar there and prop the bar up and uh, drink myself stupid all night and watch the bands what kind of bands were coming through there wasn't many bands coming through in those days. It was it was a pretty um, pretty regular. There, there were certain bands who would play certain nights. And so are they, they like expats? Yeah. What country yeah. are they from? Yeah, like mostly Brit- expats here. Yeah, there's Brit- one band. British or uh, there was a band called the Bastards. I used to like to go and watch. Uh, That's just <laughs> as an outsider. That sounds like a super British name for a band. <laughs> yeah, I think they were. Um, there's an Aussie drummer, American guitarist. Uh, and I think the rest of the guys were Brits, but the, the, the singer Dan, who, who still lives on Lama, he used to. Uh, it used to be quite quite hard work just to keep up with him on the drinking. So I would actually be in there only drinking, and he would be in there performing and drinking, and yet he still managed to put away more beer and end up on the floor. So yeah, it was it was quite an was entertainment. Was always kind of what it is now? Like, well, what is it now? Red it's light not, district. It's. I don't think it's anything now. A bit grungy. I would say now it's nothing because it's it's going through this sort of transitional. Well, I guess a lot of a lot of places are right now with with what's happening in the world. But yeah, but I mean, like for I some of the lost its mojo a little bit because not the Wanch, but one Chai has lost its mojo a bit because there was definitely a a movement about three or four years ago where there was one particular building which had a lot of bars in that got redeveloped and then the crowd kind of moved uh, to Soho. Uh, I mean, in the up in the old days, people used to go out and have drinks and dinner uh, in the early evening in in Central in Lang Kwai Fong, maybe even in Soho, and then after that, sort of around eleven midnight, there was this migration to Wan Chai to party into the small hours, and Wan Chai was the place where you, en- you ended an evening and it was a party place, and it's I think it's lost that a little bit in recent times, but uh, that building has now almost finished being redeveloped, so hopefully it'll um, it'll come back. Yeah, I mean. I- I've only lived here, like, s- since the protests were on. So, I right. moved here last year. Okay. So, like, the two things that stand out for me in Wan Chai is, number one, you know, it's got the real British pubs, you know, like Churchill's mm. and the Queen Vic and stuff. Mm. And then you've got, like, really open kind of, I don't know, are they hooker bars or whatever, people <laughs> grabbing you off the street. I mean, there's no other place in Hong Kong couldn't that's possibly, really... Couldn't possibly say. Um, yeah, but well, <laughs> but but you got to admit, like that's pretty tied into the character of that part of town. Well, his, but that's the history of the area, right? I mean, in, uh, this goes back to the '60s from from Vietnam War and so on. That that that's the the American the Fleet Arcade, which is actually funny enough the building um, the building I now work in, uh, Harcourt House, we used to be on the edge of the water. 
That was where the where the harbour. That's where the water was. Yeah, and that was the that was the um, that blows my mind. By the way, for people <laughs> who don't know, yeah. basically anything flat in Hong Kong yeah. is not supposed to be there. Quite. That's it's all right. reclaimed That's right. land. Well, the, so the, so the ships used to the, the sailors would come in there, uh, and in that particular building, in, in its old form, you, you would you know you could get a haircut, you could get us some shirts made, you could get a suit made, you could send your check, pick up your post send telegrams to your family or whatever and that that was all happening within that building and then out through the back door would take you into Jaffa Road Lockhart Road which is where all the uh, the brothels were do you, so, know, so do you, you know the song K-San yes I do yeah. 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 I always think about like, I'm Cold Chisel right uh, was it Cold Chisel it was Jimmy Barnes but I don't know who he was singing with is that Cold Chisel I think it is yeah, yeah anyway look, look it up but I, the, the one line he says, I'm going to hit that Hong Kong mattress all night long. Like, that to <laughs> me is like, he went to one chai. That's where he went. So I think compared to the 60s, it's probably cleaned itself up a fair bit. But yeah, there's still that pockets of legacy, shall we say. I mean, the wonch, the wonch itself um, was, was called the Diamond Club. And that was another one, you know, another curtain bar. You can figure out what that means. They're all named after you, Kevin mate. Bay. They are. Like, Don't put this by me. <laughs> they are. They're named after you. <laughs> so what has been... What was the rock scene like? I mean, Wanch, the Wanch was pretty instrumental in giving a platform for bands that wanted to, you know. Yeah, well, we get and, a and start. we we pri- prided ourselves on that, um, and and hopefully we'll do again one day. Um, I think in pre in the twentieth century, <laughs> pre millennium, there was probably less bands uh, in total. Most uh, lo- most of the bands that did exist were playing cover ba- cover music cover songs not not writing their own music there were some bands writing original music but but nowhere near as many as there are now so i think that's been the big the big change there, there are now far more bands which is good i guess people are a bit and, 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 and far more original music what um, about locals being involved as well you know yeah well there's both i mean when we have the festival uh which we did have this year but somehow we we were lucky we got in that little that's a, three that's week ridiculous well we were way. just so lucky we just got there was that three or four week window when live music was allowed again um, and that just happened to be one of those three or four weeks was the week we always have our festival. We have 80 bands on. You know, these are all local bands. Uh, and, uh, you know, last year, less so, much, less so this year, but last year there was about 130 bands wanted to play that week. So there's a, there's a lot of creativity going on. There's a lot of people writing music. Um, and that's, that has definitely changed since the 90s. There's, there's much more people making music, I think, because I think it's easier to make music now as well. You, you know, you can make music in your own bedroom or at least write it and you could even record it in your bedroom now, whereas, whereas you couldn't do that before without a studio. Just the technology yep. and platforms no, exactly. online and stuff exactly. like that. But, you know, well, just just go down that rabbit hole a little bit. So you guys have the H Two Music Festival. Yep, that's a that's that's basically the Wanches annual uh, celebration of everything we do the rest of the year. Or if you haven't been to the Wanch before, it's it's the it's an introduction to what we do. And it's crazy, around. right? Like you, you said, you had eighty. I think I saw you had a hundred bands one year. I don't think we've ever hit. Well, we, we certainly have 130 applied one year. Okay, right. But yeah. yeah, I think 80 is the most we've ever had. Over what, like me. seven nights or something? Uh, eight nights, yeah. Eight the, nights. Yeah. So 10 bands me. a night. That's Yeah, well, on the weekend that's nights, an intense we, running. we start a bit earlier in the afternoon. So, we can so how, how many years have you been doing that for? Since we took it on. In fact, that's how it, that's how it started. We took it on in 2010. and um, So that you got you inherited that when you took over the no, launch? No, 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 not at all. Uh, I mean, when we took on the launch, it was... Um, you know, it was a bit neglected, a bit forgotten. It was, it, it was still there and bands were still playing. But I, I think a lot of people who maybe had gone there previously had, had didn't even know it was still there anymore. Um, and that, that's how the festival started. We wanted to do something that 
that gave people a reason to come down and rediscover it. You know, and then we were pretty confident that when they came down, they'd have a good time and they'd want to come back. We just needed to get them there in the first place, right? Um, so we did that. The first year we had one a one day festival. It was called uh, it's called Handover Hallelujah because um, we did it on the handover holiday on the first of July, <laughs> and it was to say, you know, Hallelujah, we've we've you know we've we're now we've taken on the launch and and we're going to inject fresh ideas, energy, life into it. So come down and see what we're up to. Um, Sorry, on the on the anniversary of the Hong Kong city handover, correct. right? Yeah, because yeah, it's, it's a public front. No, yeah, well, this is why um, <laughs> over time it then became H two because between 2010 and 2020, uh, the concept celebrating of hand- the handover, yeah, <laughs> suddenly handover wasn't such a positive uh, positive thing in in many people's eyes. Here. So, well, let me ask you a question on that point. Do you think it's a prob- a, a negative thing for the locals who didn't want the handover to happen, or do you think it's who, who are you worried about? Because there's different perspectives on that. Well, we just didn't want, we don't want to be political. We just don't want any... We, we, because because not you know, music, is, music is for everyone, right? Regardless of what you might feel, what football team you support or what you might feel about other aspects of life. You know, to, to us, music is it's a universal language. Just, that we so all, you just we want to speak. get away from the politics of it. Yeah, I mean, because we want, we want the launch to be somewhere where everyone can play and somewhere where everyone can enjoy live music. So if you start... I mean, well, I don't even know what the political views are of my fellow shareholders and so on, but but I'm not really that interested either. We didn't come together because of politics, so why why involve it? You know, there's enough there's enough opportunity to talk about politics and yeah. debate that around around town. We don't you don't need a you know. To, to me, music was a is a, is a type of escapism, right? So it's where you get away from all the the stresses and hassles of life and just just enjoy the music for what it is. So we didn't want to politicize it. So as soon as it suddenly became by default political then we change the name to H2 which is the you know HH is it's current like, name now yeah and so h- had that run for many years before you took over it I guess it was a smaller festival uh, if it was just one day uh, the, what do you mean before we took on the launch uh, there yeah, had so been the there festival had been, had been there before right no no I don't know oh so you started it when you when yeah. you took over we, we, t- we basically it. did Understood. it as a one day event to publicize the fact that the launch was under new ownership with fresh life to get people to come back and how important has it been to the story of the launch since you've been involved well let's just say it's it, the first year was one day and then people were like oh next time you that was great next time you did it can we play sure yeah um so the following year it was two days then it became four days yeah, then it became from seven outside days. hong kong there as well yeah well then then we well that's this is how it kind of this is what happened more and more with every passing year, more people wanted to play. And then people started hearing about it from overseas and they said, oh, you know, if we could be in town that week, could you, could we play? And we'll call, well, we can't fly you here and we're not going to pay for your hotel or anything. But if you want to come here, we, you know, we're happy to hear your music and, and, and make you feel welcome in any way we can. Um, so, yeah, it, 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 we have had visiting artists on, yeah. Um, but but also, it's, it, the launch is primarily a... A platform for for local artists to to sort of exercise their muse or whatever the expression is. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of have had a similar background. You know, I ran a comedy club yeah. in, in Shanghai for a long time right. before coming down here to open one, and we had a festival. Mm-hmm. It was kind of a, you know a, a peak in the year of stuff that we were doing, yeah. but it was showcase. We yeah. didn't fly people in for it. We said, you know, there's open spots for anyone that, that wants to apply, and it's uh, it's. I noticed that you had you had bands from Cambodia, not necessarily Cambodians, but people that came from there. What, did you feel like there was a, a regional scene that you were connecting with? I would love there to be. Um, 
But the, I mean, the honest answer is no. There isn't a reason. Because like in mainland China, if you are in Shanghai, mm. do, do you know Shanghai at all? Like they have a venue. I know that, Inferno. There's a venue that would be comparable called Yuyantang. Yep. Yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah. And it's sort of grassroots, awesome, you yeah. know, people get an opportunity. But if you kind of make it there, or if you can establish yourself mm. there, you know, you, you've got all these cities around China that people yeah. then just kind of go on tour. Is there, is there some si- an analogous development? Well, it, it part? Like how do bands it, develop? It exist. How do bands develop in Hong Kong? Well, that's, that's, an, that's a whole... Let's do the first <laughs> question first, right? Is there a network right now? No. Could there be? Of course, COVID, absolutely not. No, no, I mean, but I mean, no, anyway, uh, even pre-COVID. Yeah, okay. Uh, could there be? Yes, uh, definitely, and I would love there to be. I mean, the Sleeves are one of the few bands in Hong Kong that, that do go and travel and play in other parts of the region, but we're doing that largely at our own expense. Um, you know, and so we're probably not typical of your average indie musician in the sense that they don't tend to have you know, uh, disposable income. If, if, if music is their, their life, as opposed to they work during the daytime and they do the music as well, then, then having the, um, the financial wherewithal to go and travel around the region playing gigs yeah. is not, not as easily to do. I think it's easier in, if you're a Singaporean band because they get support from the government to, get, to go and do that. And we've gone and played at events in Manila, for example, where the Singaporean bands were there at the expense of the, their government, um, but we were there at our own expense. Um, so pretty cool way to travel around, though, right? Oh, it's great fun. I mean, for, for us, it's a bit like um, it's a bit like guys going on golf trips together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we say we take guitar bags instead of golf bags. But well, we um, used to have this thing because, like, comedy. The advantage is that we don't have any equipment; it's one person. Yeah. But the the people that are in the situation that you're talking about, they're like, "Hey, can we bring five of us? Like, we'll pay. Yeah, we just want to go get pissed in another city and do a show. Yeah, no, exactly. And we, and we, we that's that's basically what we do. Um, but I. I think you know of of the all those bands that I mentioned to you earlier, like the hundreds of bands that exist in Hong Kong. How many of those have ever reached out to venues or promoters elsewhere outside of Hong Kong, booked flights, booked hotels, gone there and played gigs? Probably less than ten. You know, are there so any story? Are there any sort of like the star stories of people who've who've? What, what, what's the furthest anyone's sort of taken it in terms of rock in Hong Kong? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's all it's all indie DIY under the radar stuff. I don't. I'm not. I'm not aware of. I mean, the guys from DP. They they've played at um, what's that festival out in the states? Ah, which one? The the uh, the huge one? Essex, South by Southwest. Oh, so, oh they, that's massive. Yeah, 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 yeah. They played that's at that. As, that's as big as it gets. Yeah. No. So I mean, there are it's either that or Coachella. Yeah. Well, so they played at that. Um, you know, and it would. I think uh, there's a band called Shumking Mansion here that have played up at there's a, there's a, fe- a f- an event in Seoul in Korea called or what's that one called? Is that it? Is that called. the name? I don't speak Korean. But I mean, we're talking about <laughs> yeah, we're talking about um, you know isolated incidents over a couple of decades here. Where so, sure. So there is mean, there isn't when a, you're talking about a, a, a nascent scene, even if it is a couple of decades long, it's still in that level hmm. of development. You know, I look at Shanghai, it was a similar situation. It was maybe a little bit more things going on, but the, the, it was like a pyramid of opportunity. It could be done. The bulk, were people that weren't, the bulk of it were people not taking it very seriously. Well, I don't think that matters either, but it, it could be done. Which I, was think, I think it starts the with the fun. venues. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, and, and because, for example, at the Wanch, you know, well, the Sleeves is a, is a band that likes to tour, 
and obviously I have access to the launch, so I'm able to offer you know reciprocal gigs. So I can say to any band in the region, uh, if if you can organise an event, a gig for us to come and play with you in your t- city, then then I can definitely guarantee you a slot at the launch. But the number of bands that took me up on that, uh, five maybe. Wow. You know, so we had a band over from Hanoi, um, had a band down from Shenzhen, but but very few. Whether whether that's just the transient nature of, of people in bands generally in Asia or whether it's just venues just come and go, right? I mean, you know, you, you, you can do a reciprocal, have a reciprocal idea and then by the time you get around to doing it, the other venue's not there anymore. You know, yeah. Well, I mean, up. the ones did manage to put a good 40 years down. Yeah, no, I wasn't talking about the ones. I was talking about the other places where they go, oh, we, we could have had you back. Well, that venue doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. It's shut down yeah, by yeah. the authorities if it's in China or whatever it might be. Yeah. So what is I, I would love there to be a circuit. And I would love there to be a you know a network of venues at that similar level, that that kind of indie grassroots level, where bands that had the had the the balls to get up there and get out there and travel could could be could be you know playing somewhere every two or three months. So what is a what is a great night at the launch look like to you? What's a good night? A good night as a customer or as a performer? Both, whatever. Or as an owner? <laughs> all three. It's all three. <laughs> well, in a way, I suppose it's the same, actually. So the answer's probably the same. I mean, we we would have uh, an acoustic performer on from six till nine, so it would be come down, catch up with your friends. It's not too loud. A um, couple of drinks, ease into the evening. Then nine, nine thirty, there'd be between nine, nine thirty and, say, one thirty, there'd be three or four different bands on and probably a mixture of originals and for me personally i prefer original music so it would be original music for me uh maybe some covers towards the end of the night when the beers are kicked in and you just want to kind of scream along and how late do you guys run well i was i always use the line we'll keep we'll keep the band playing as long as you guys keep drinking so um (laughs) which doesn't always go down well with the staff Uh, but yeah i mean it's not uncommon to finish at 2 30 3 o'clock sometimes even later On, on a Friday, Saturday, yeah. Yeah, uh, sure. Probably one Tuesday's a big ask. Well, Tuesdays, we've had some big Tuesdays. You know, one thirty-two. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, if it's a quarter. How do you go keeping a day job and then <laughs> being at this, like... Well, I try not to go down there too often. And you got kids uh, as well. Well, and, and, and also I drink, so that's that's probably the worst part. The sleep deprivation you can sort of manage, but, but the hangovers get worse as you get yeah. older. Yeah, well, also I just find that, like, if you work in a bar... Either you drink every night or you never drink because yeah. well, nobody's got the self-control yeah, well, to, to I'm live not, in the I'm middle. I'm not there every night because I do have day job. But uh, John, who's who's the, the main owner, and, and Bridget, his partner, they they tend to be on on the premises more than I am. I mean, John in particular, but he's he's in Australia at the moment. But when he's in town, he will be there. He's the, he's more the face of the bar than I am. Certainly in the evenings. <laughs> um, now I, I don't mean this question in a respective sense at all and we can talk about the future in a minute but what do you what do you view and what do you hope the legacy of the launch is well the the, the obvious answer to that question is i hope that we're not into the legacy stage but you yet, know what i'm saying I mean, you could have a legacy uh, before you shut down right well uh, yeah okay well um, so first and foremost i hope that the launch is back very very soon you know and, and the circumstances that have um forced upon us with the protests and then the... Uh, Do you have to change the name if you change suburbs? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we won't have to change suburbs. Called the Admiral. Because <laughs> <laughs> that, that could attract a different sort of crowd. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. The, um, 
Well, so first and foremost, I hope the launch is back very soon, and and I know that that's the intention and the desire of, of everybody involved previously with the launch. So that is is to have it back. Also, what a great time to open when you can't have big events. People just need to do something because they can't mm. travel. Mm. Like we opened up in July. Yeah, we're fucking killing it. Like it was a great time to be open for about three weeks, <laughs> yeah, four weeks, I think. Yeah, yeah. So we want to be back. Um, I mean, how do we want people to think of the launch, not remember it? Well, what do you I don't want what to think you, about it as a as a okay, but, historic. Like, but people live here and they go, you know, what what do you what do you want people to say? We want them to have a great time and we want them to come back again. You know, we want them to, we want them to have such a good time that they 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 want to come back themselves and they want to bring their friends back and show off about the fact that they found it first because you know, yeah, you got to come to this. You got to come to the launch. Let me take you to the launch. You're, it's such a good place. You will love it. Is what I want to hear people. Do you remember to their the friends. first time you went in there? Hopefully not. No. Hopefully nobody remembers the first time they were in there because they had such a good time that they stayed and got absolutely wasted and couldn't remember a thing. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but well, um, what was the point when no, you looked really. at it and you were like, <laughs> "Yeah, I want to put some time into this." When I thought it was going to shut. Okay, so like that's how I got in, I got because they got affected by SARS as well, right? They did, but they. I mean, the, the the person who owned it at that time wasn't living in Hong Kong, and he was sole owner, so hence he was a bit neglected. Um, Don't remember that. But I um, look, I got involved because I thought it was going to shut. I kept. Get, I went there a couple of times in twenty six, twenty seven, and I can't remember exactly what year it was. And, and the chain was on the door with a notice saying that water's going to be turned off and all this sort of thing. And then a week later, it was open again. Uh, I was like, oh, yeah, thank God. And then the next week, oh, it's shut again. There's another th- chains are back on the door. Next week, it was open again. So that's how I got involved because I, w- I went up to the bar and said, what's going on? You know, this place shuts. It's like a bloody sanctuary for me. I, mean, I, I can't imagine. My, it would seriously affect my, my quality of life if this bar was not here as a customer. I wasn't even in bands or anything at that stage. Um, that's, how I got, that's how I met John and how I got involved and said, look, whatever I can do to help, I, you know, just want, I need this place to be here for my sanity. Um, and it took us two or three years before it, we, we took it on officially. Um, so that's, that's kind of the legacy I would like is it's kind of a sanctuary. It's, it's a, it's good for mental health. Uh, it's, it's a community for music lovers. Not even, even if you're not in a band, but you like music, you, you know, I like to see people come in there on their own because they can, because you don't have to m- arrange to meet people there. You can come in on your own, and you know that you'll be surrounded by people that have something in common, something in common with, you know, and, and get to get to make friends, enjoying the music together. How was it when you first took it over? Did you any big challenges? Yeah, I mean, we had to. Um, we had, yeah, the, the biggest one was to get people to come back because we was, you know, I was talking to you friends. Be, about, it had been a bit forgotten at that yeah, point. Yeah, uh, totally. Yeah, and I would say to people. I've you know I've been I've just been in getting involved with the launch and we're saying they, 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 typically the answer was is that place still there you know so, and and that would say exactly that's the, that's the point that's what everyone says is it's still there people don't even realise it's still there well it Not is a good sign yeah um, so you know we needed to we got we got people involved originally by asking them to choose the wines that we were going to stock um, so that was kind of a way of saying you know. If you don't like the wine, well, you chose it. Yeah, you picked it. <laughs> Better get down here. So that was, and it also got people in because everyone likes free booze. Um, so we did some tasting sessions and just getting getting the music content happening again, making making the bands feel appreciated as well. Um, you know, so that 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 spreads very quickly, and bands want somewhere to play, right? And if they feel like 
the place they're playing is appreciating them and looking after them and treating them with respect, um, then that that's a that's a positive vibe that feeds feeds through the scene really quickly. So we, then you know we got to the point where we had more bands wanting to play than we could fit in. So that's that's great, right? I mean, hence and that's another reason why we did the festival was to try and give all those other bands a chance. Do you feel like there was a point where you're like, we got it, like we figured it out, we're busy in it enough? Like yeah, it was just just before the uh, the business got decimated by the protests. <laughs> no, we <laughs> were we were doing that. okay. Look, I mean, if you do too okay in this town, the landlord comes tapping on your shoulder. Yeah, right. Um, no, we we were doing okay. You know that that we had a formula. It worked. People were people were coming down. It was you know we were paying the bills. If, if we if we got it right all year round, there was a bit of pocket money left for us as a as a treat. Um, so it was good, uh, you know, and that all changed in what are we now? Twenty twenty. Mid so last mid, year. Mid, mid last year. July, mid twenty eighteen. Yeah. July August last year. Yeah, because we were, you know, we we're, we're located halfway between Victoria Park and uh, the government building. And so now we just yeah. get smashed, right? <laughs> so that was that was kind of a no go zone for for and and always at weekends, which of course is our busy time. Yeah, so, yeah we, we we did hurt pretty badly in the second half of last year. Did you do you remember that going down? Like, uh, were you ever there when? Yeah, tear gas was, in the streets came, and all of that absolutely it was right outside at sometimes yeah yeah. I bet it was probably inside as well more than once well we don't we've never done the open fronted thing so we didn't we didn't. We only had the door but even like I don't know how well your door's sealed but yeah, I know plenty of places you get tear gas out in the streets I unless we, you've got we just a, told people we'd invested in dry ice yeah <laughs> <laughs> no it was, um, I got, it was I, difficult I got and, gas and, standing in the California Tower lobby mm. I got like a lot of gas hit us there. Yeah, we the main. I mean, the main thrust of it was along Hennessy Road, right? So we were a couple of blocks away from that. But but the the problem we had was that people obviously didn't want to go out to Wanchaya when all that was going on. And then there was the issue with getting home afterwards, and you couldn't get the MTRs were closed. And then taxis. Oh my taxis god, I forgot about that. Taxis super annoying. Taxis wouldn't go to those areas. They're shutting at like ten or something. Yeah. Um, so you know, it, it was just so much deterrent. Uh, it was the knock-on impact of not not the protests themselves or the or the reaction to that, but but just the transport situation was enough to people. You know, people don't want the hassle of not knowing how they're going to get home at the end of a night. You know, and taxi- getting the buses is a pain. Well, buses and ta- buses were blocked. Roads were blocked. Taxis wouldn't wouldn't go into the one chai because it's just you know a war zone so yeah, yeah it was very difficult uh, so people just wouldn't come out you know and that that just killed us really yeah and it's like people you know people not in hong kong forget that a the virus hit us in january like yeah. way earlier yeah. and then in addition to that like we we're on the back of seven or eight months of Having yeah, well, which it's is been why pretty hard to run an F and B place. Yeah. Totally. I mean, it's now what are we now? November, right? So it's almost it's about sixteen months really of of seriously impacted business, and and from the Wanchis point of view, it's just it's just couldn't sustain it any longer. You can't you can't keep paying you can't keep paying the rent when you've got no income, you know. And then forced closures this year, um, off the back of significantly reduced revenues last year. Uh, it's, yeah, so even this year, apart from those three or four, you know, halcyon weeks in the middle of the summer when we had the festival, it, yeah, it being there was there was a period when we were allowed to open, but we couldn't have live music. Yeah, so we got hit with that as well. That's just like that was even no one's coming in to drink at a comedy club if you don't have shows. Yeah, it's the same. So it's, it's in fact it was almost more soul destroying because you know you're open, but so the staff have got to be there. And a few people come in out of support, and we appreciated that at the time. And, and you know, but it, you know, a watch without live bands on is 
is a pretty sad place to be really. Yeah, comedy clubs same. Yeah. So that was that the was The other thing for us is like I don't know if you had this but you know, we had periods of time where the audience had to have masks on, they couldn't have drinks. And the comedian had to have a mask on as well. Yeah, well, that's where we're at right now. It's like if you're just like, music's there now, and you're trying to comically fuck up a show, playing saxophone, that's a pretty good way to do it. Yeah, <laughs> um, they cut the hole. I don't know. I don't know what what's the situation is on that. But now we've, you know, nobody and nobody really knew what the what the rules were. Well, not so much what the rules were, about how you were supposed to implement those rules. So this barrier well, there was between ambiguity. the bar, the band, and the the audience, and you know, look, we, we interpreted it as best we could you know not just from a compliance point of view but also from a genuine desire to keep you, our p- customers safe right um, well, it's we a had dick move to force them into uncomfortable situations when they come out yeah look uh, as far as I'm aware there were no cases that arose from our festival so um, yeah we must have done something right Touchwood. <laughs> mm, yeah, well, it's, I think we'd have known by now, right? <laughs> it was in July. So what's the uh, so what's the state of the music scene now? Are you keeping much on much of a handle on what the bands are doing? Yeah, well, actually, I'm organising a festival for... Um, Other than your own, of course. Uh, are well, you guys playing gigs now? Yeah, we played one last Wednesday, and I'm uh, with my sort of promoter hat on. And, um, and where are you doing that? We're doing it at Barkle Rio's in Wan Chai. Um, so I've got a four-day thing. I'm just organising the bands now. So that will be 25 bands uh, from the 26th to the 29th of November. Um, so those, those, and of course everyone's stuck in town, right? So no, usually it's like, oh, Mate, I don't know yet. Sell out hard. Well, usually people are like, oh, I don't know whether my whether my guitarist is around because he's a pilot or something. And it's like, because well, <laughs> like I tell you, he's going to be there. <laughs> yeah. So this, this time, I think I've only had one band out of the 25 that said, oh, so he's actually, she's actually left Hong Kong, so. We can't do it. We're, we're, we're trying to look for a new bassist or whatever. But everybody else is in town, available, desperate to play, probably a bit rusty. Um, so, yeah, it should be good. Should be, I mean, hopefully we'll have a good turnout and it'll be a good good long weekend. So what's the location for that? How, how can Rio's? people find it's out in, about uh, that? Well, I haven't started pushing it out there yet because I'm still getting the lineup. Sorted. But it'll be but on Ticketflap? It's going to be called... It's, it's free. It'll be free to go in. Um, it'll be... It's called Rock at Rio. Um, and I'll I'll probably I'll put up a Facebook event page soon, um, and hopefully the social media will do its magic, and uh, yeah. bands will help to promote it, and the world will be out there. So yeah, Rocket Rio Thursday the 26th to Sunday the 29th of November, um, and the sleeves. Well, we've because we can't gig, but we need to get our music mojo. We've been um, we've been writing music actually, so we've actually had a pretty productive year in that sense. Yeah, you ever recorded anything? Yeah, we got three albums out. Oh, uh, nice. Uh, we got a. We've now written a new one. So norm- normally it would take us, God, you know, four or five years between all the other plates that we spin. How to long have you guys been playing together? Uh, since about 2008. Damn. The, cu- the current lineup is probably five or six years. Yeah. Um, so we've got 12 songs written. If we can ever get on a plane somewhere. We, last time we went to Cambodia to record. Um, so you record out in the road? Well, we like, we like to just... How hard is that? Uh, well, it's fun, right? Because... If you do it here, you, you, you're working in the daytime, then popping into a studio in the evening, and you know you got four hours, and you might not be in in the zone there for that day if you've had a yeah. rough day at work or whatever, and 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 it takes a long time because you've got to keep going back each week to do a little bit more, and so we found with the last album we did, um, we just went for a week to uh, Seam Reap, and we recorded it. You know, we literally were in the studio every day for a week, kind of a bit grown up if you like and uh so you're not playing live gigs there you're just in a studio we did play one at each end of the week um 
and then we spent you know six days in a studio recording which was great because you, you can leave the equipment set up exactly how you left it uh, that's don't great have to pack probably away. pretty cheap there as well i guess well i think we worked out that compared to hong kong compared to doing it here it worked out the same because if you have factored in the flights and the hotel hotels and yeah so on but but it was you know it felt like you know proper band going away for a week to record and and i think we'd like to do that again we enjoyed that experience and there were a few things we learned we probably wouldn't do the second time around, but yeah, like <laughs> like doing the gigs at either end and drinking throughout the process Oof. was not a great idea. But yeah, um, it's quite it's quite exhausting to record actually, and and uh, yeah, really enjoyed the process and enjoyed the fact that we did it as a week together, you know, band of brothers sort of stuff. So um, yeah, we'd probably do that again. You ever do Hanoi? We did. Yeah, you know Dan Dockery. It's a big music music guy Not there. Under that name, has he got on any other pseudonyms? I don't know, probably. <laughs> British guy runs a lot of music stuff out there. Okay, no, we didn't. We played at um, we played at a place called Rock City. I'm sure Hanoi, anything Hanoi that was City. there, he'd be involved in some. Yeah, maybe he was there. Yeah, um, we played with a great band who who have actually come back and played, reciprocated and played at the launch called Sirens of Halong. Um, really cool band. I think the, the lead singer is is I don't know whether he's. Vietnamese ethnic brought up in the UK or whether he's mixed race but he, he's got a very Manchester accent that's great but he sings in English and in Vietnamese got a Manchester and, and and, yeah, accent and in Vietnamese and it's a great. very indie sound very cool very cool band Sirens of How Long yeah. I've always loved that though you know like it's always interesting to me when we've managed to cross culture mm. in you know getting on stage and stuff like that like yeah. that's a it's it's one thing to have a bunch of white guys performing to a bunch of white guys in a different city, but it's another thing when you start to get like the the, the locals bringing in their point of view and their perspective and language, and that's when it starts to you get like unique stuff pops out. Yeah, look, I mean, when we go to we've played a few gigs in southern China. We can go across the border and Shenzhen, Guangzhou. Yeah, in, in Guangdong province Guang. anyway, uh, Huizhou we played at, and you know the. Um, the atmosphere is very different to playing at the Wanch, for example, where people have gone down to watch bands and live music. Whereas there, you're like the one thing to do. We're for kind the of month. like the soundtrack to the evening they were going to have anyway. <laughs> yeah. um, oh, okay, right. Right. Yeah. So they're in there with their dice games and their towers of oh, beer. Oh, you're playing for local. So it could, yeah, yeah. So yeah it, could, okay. it could be it, quite often. It's a full house, but but really, you no, know, I know exactly what you're talking you, about. You, we could be the Beatles for all they care. Yeah, and in fact, they, you know, sometimes fact, we say we are. Yeah, I was say, <laughs> if you if you liked us with the sleeves, if you, you didn't like, like us, I'm John with Lennon, the, yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, see for stand up, uh, it's, it's like I know I it's that. not great for music, but for stand up, if they're not paying attention, you are dying. Like that's it's, it's okay for music. Although I'd rather they were kind of enjoying it. Sure, <laughs> just standing there. It depends how big the check is. Stand up's like very dependent <laughs> on them paying attention for it to even remotely work. <laughs> Yeah, I, I can't. I think I would be. I mean, I, I have varying degrees of apprehension about gigs that we play outside of Hong Kong and inside Hong Kong, for that matter. You know, in terms of how's this going to go and what's the reaction going to be. But I think if I was doing stand-up, I would be just because that can be, you know, what's funny in one culture is probably just. Yeah, I don't know. You get better at figuring it out. Like there's general, there's I there's there's. Humor transcends cultures. Like you just got to find the contact points. You don't want to be talking about stuff. You can't be making jokes about the suburb of Wan Chai or whatever, because right. they're not going to get that. But you can talk about what it's like being in, you know, the grungy part of town, mm. and boom, everybody knows what you're talking about. Yeah. Have you been to the Overstay in Bangkok? Have I haven't. No. No. Uh, no. I, no. I, I went in there one night thinking it was going to be music, and it was actually stand-up comedy. And 
I'm, not I'm sure. sure I know the guys that have done I'm, it. I'm not sure this in, was a. It may not. I don't think this was a cultural issue. I think it was just a not very funny guy. That, that, <laughs> Bangkok's not known for its uh, <laughs> high quality. Uh, stand up. What 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 is that venue? Is it a three story venue and the rooms on the top floor? I've played a few venues there, but I don't, actually don't remember mm. the names of any of them. It is up some steps and so on, but yeah. Again, anyway, whatever. I can, I, I can't remember the names of the places I've played there, but yeah. Well, that's kind of. I'm sure you can relate to this. In fact, I I, I saw you mention it in an interview talking about H two. Is when you're doing grassroots, the, the, we're not expecting to bring out. 10 of the best bands you've ever heard. Mm. But we're going to see some different stuff. I think you said maybe you like some of them. Some of them are... That's right. That's part of the night. Yeah, buffet, right? It's a buffet. You're not necessarily going to you know, go back and refill your plate from every dish, but you might try a bit of everything and then take take more of the ones you like. And that's and then get uh, violent diarrhea at the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, each their own. Um, so do, uh, do buffets even exist anymore? Is that... Like, did COVID uh, kill the concept of a buffet? I don't think it's helped it. Uh, isn't it? It's like the Buggles video killed the radio star. COVID killed the buffet yeah. star or whatever. Yeah, I, I like buffets, actually, as you can probably see. Depends, um, how, <laughs> depends how good I like the are. curry buffets, and the ones that I used to go to don't exist anymore. Curry's so like the really only annoying. buffet where you can go, most of this could be decent. Yeah. No, the one, well, the one near my office is not open at the moment, but I think the, there's the one in well, JoJo's. There's one in one shot that's, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Is that JoJo's? It's on the second floor on a corner. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, above... Uh, on Lockhart Road. But Yeah, above Typhoon. That one's Martin Haig to me there. I think that one's still going. That place is great, mm. yeah. I think, and I think they're still doing Buffo. I so, ate um, there yeah. not that long ago. Like, I'm going to say like a few months ago. You're still here. Killer. Yeah. Well, no, no, killers. Yeah, uh, I just got out of the hospital. No, <laughs> that, that is a joke. That place is great. I mean, yeah, that is that's that's, that's uh, you'll be hearing from their lawyers, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, before we get out of here, you know, what what a, what do you think's the future for the Hong Kong scene, and what can we look forward to from a potential launch? Already well, out? hopes for next year, I think, because I think we're probably already at the point where we're talking about. 2021 rather than what's going to happen in the next couple of months um in november it's inevitable well end of november my festival you know i'm looking forward to that so uh, come to that it's rock rock at rio um for next year what i hope is that um you know i think what probably what most people are hoping for is that we it, 2021 is the bounce back you know and, and that uh, all that sort of pent-up desire to to be with our fellow human safely uh, is manifests itself with someone, give well, them a hug. Yeah, it manifests itself in the form of you know really well attended, um, fantastic events. You know, and, and uh, you know with my magnetic Asia hat on, I'm we're obviously hoping there's going to be clock and flap next year, and that it's going to be the biggest and best clock and flap ever. Um, you know, everyone's that was brutal when they. I guess you went with them when they cancelled the last one, yeah. but it was brutal watching them go through that because yeah. it was just getting worse and worse around that time. I think when it was supposed to be held, that was that like, is it like November? It's November. It's usually November. Yeah, it was just yeah. two weeks when the just protests suddenly appeared everywhere in the city. Mm. Mm. It went. We went from having protests like in that location on yeah. that day so to just being like, there's people running around. Yeah, so, well, all we're hearing from people is, you know, we can't wait for next year. I got and, and VIP tickets last year. I'm like, <laughs> oh, that's the that's why go you're back. gutted. Now we know. Yeah. Now we know. 
Well, look, all we're hearing from people is, you know, oh, I'll be so good when you guys are back. It's going to be brilliant. Um, we're definitely going to come. Oh, it's going to be fantastic. So, you know, we're going to put on the show that everyone tells us they think they want. Uh, and they just better come. Yeah, <laughs> right. So that's, I'm sure they will, man. But, but I'm hoping that the whole year is, you know, obviously we want either either we need to find a way to gather in groups safely, or we need a solution to to COVID, or preferably both. Um, you know, and then let it let it flow in terms of in terms of events and live music. You know, and I hope that people who've not been able to enjoy live music this year as a result of that realize what they're missing and and when it's when it's available again they come back and you know fill their boots yeah <laughs> um, I reckon and then, we- and then if that happens then the launch will be back <laughs> i'm sure of that yeah it's In one of those things where you just know that it's like you said when there's enough people out there that have that need and that desire for it you just know you're going to open it up there's your market to tap straight into well, yeah, I mean, the, the risk is, of course, that in the year that there hasn't been much to do, then people have found other things to do. Um, but I don't reckon I, people change no, that fast. I, I, I don't either, and I'm pretty optimistic. But, yeah, we just need to get... They're going to play Mahjong for a year and fucking hate it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I'm hoping the that there's, there's this massive pent-up demand for live music, live events, and, you know, as soon as we get a green light, then, you know, there's a lot of people like me out who have got stuff in our back pocket ready to roll out, and we just want to do it, right? But uh, we want to do it safely, and we want to do it in a way that, that lots of people can come and enjoy it. Not, not necessarily, you know, twos, threes, and fours in little pockets. Well, thanks so much for coming on today. You're really welcome. appreciate thanks it, man. Me. Yeah, I'm going to put the uh, a link to the Rio Rock Festival in the description when, when, it, when if and when it comes out. And uh, yeah, good luck. I hope it happens soon. Well, I expect to see you there. Oh, with bells on, <laughs> no pressure.